This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad. Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. They have completely gone off the deep end. Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Mackey and Judd back in the TCL broadcast studios. We'll get... Uh... Judd, you have something to say? No, no, no. Okay. I just, I think the Viking QB thing. <laughs> oh, that was a quick, quickly lost. I get the fact. I think he just wants over. to say something. Get say the fact, something. Be quiet. I get the fact that, that the QB topic uh, becomes boring to some, but I think if you really think about the fact that this is a 13-3 and team that went to the conference championship game and doesn't know who its quarterback is going to be, and as you and Collar both said, this is going to be cleared up within, what, a month and a half or so? Yeah. It's really intriguing. It's yeah. interesting. It's hard, it's hard not to discuss what is probably the most important position in sports when your team is 13 and 3 and doesn't know who that player is going to sure, be. Sure. And I know and so just to like go to break the fourth wall here for a second cuz I know every time we do Vikings off season, we've been doing the show for 4 years. And every time we do Vikings off season speculation, which has never been as juicy as it is now because the quarterback spot Not quite this reckless. Never, yeah, cor- yes, exactly. Um I think every time we get into this, we get a certain percentage of people that say, why the hell are you guys talking Vikings? The, there's winter sports to get into. There's twins. And and I think we do a pretty good job over four hours every day of, of hitting on every topic that we possibly can. But we do devote a lot more time to Vikings in the offseason than maybe we did four years ago. Because to answer a lot of your questions, well, does, it, does the numbers show? And the answer is yes. Oh, like Quite definitely. frankly, yes. it's like if you go, here's the problem. If you were to go to a restaurant and uh, and it's like a sports bar, so it's a lot of guys and women who like sports. So it's a lot of the same-minded people in the same in the same club, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And you ask, all right, what songs do you want to hear? We're going to give you six options. You're never going to get a hundred percent consensus, but you might get fifty percent on one and twenty percent on another, and like ten percent on another. We just put a poll up, and almost half of you guys have said, "No, we are not sick of the Vikings quarterback discussion." Keep it coming, baby, because it's juicy and it's fun. It's Kirk Cousins and it's Case Keenum after a big-time season. My perception of this topic is this. Uh, The Sano talker as as a a Twins player is intriguing to me. But if Miguel Sano played for the Vikings, I think that this would be a talker that we could do almost an entire show on. And now we could do that, but I think you would get people saying an hour in, oh, come on, stop it. Okay, he's fat. The Twins haven't done the anything. Twins, yeah. yeah. I, but if this was, if Miguel Sano played left tackle for, for the Vikings and consistently showed up at training camp fat, I think people would be tweeting us, emailing us, and calling yeah. us, and that you could do almost an entire show off it. That's the difference between the Vikings and every other team in this town. Like, I would say in general, you know, based on 
you know, the the research or the the feedback, let's let's call it feedback that we get from you guys, the audience, listeners, written stuff. I think Vikings with a bullet rank number one. When it, whenever there's a question about like what does the audience want to consume, and Vikings are always number one. Regular season number one with a bullet. Off season, I would rank like Vikings off season number two behind Vikings in season number one. Yeah, and then maybe other sports that are popping up. So if the Wild are popping up, or the Wolves are popping up, or the Twins are popping up. Yep, that's number three, and that's kind of how it is. I think a lot of a lot of other markets would say the same thing, except maybe Los Angeles, which is more of a basketball town. St. Louis, more of a baseball town. So 651-646-8255. Bob in Pennsylvania. What's up, buddy? Hey, how you doing? The quarterback situation in the NFL is the best I think it's ever been in many years at this point. So here's my first point. Nick Foles has proven that he can win a Super Bowl as a second-string quarterback, take over for the starter. He won it because they didn't touch him one time in that Super Bowl. And I think Case Keenum is good enough with the body of work that he put through this year. If you can protect him almost as well as they protected Nick Foles if they get to the playoffs in the Super Bowl, he's capable of winning a Super Bowl. So here's what I suggest. Sign Keenum. Don't overpay him. Leave enough money on the table. You can also get Malcolm Butler. Hmm. How does that sound? Hmm. Um, Thank you, Bob, in Pennsylvania. Well, first of all, it's intriguing, but I'm not sure that that's the route to go down. Well, and and I would say that if if the prerequisite for a quarterback is make sure everything else is perfect so that that guy can have a chance to be good. That's that's the whole argument. Like, is there another option out there, Kirk Cousins, that doesn't need perfect circumstances to to win games? Uh, Aaron Rodgers doesn't need perfect circumstances. You're not going to get an Aaron Rodgers, but that's the right. there's only that's the question. Let's maybe take, a handful of those guys, maybe less. Let's take one more here, Andrew. Fire away. Hey guys. Uh, Hello. First off, I like to say I'm glad I'm not the one making the decision on this quarterback choice. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's tough. You're wrong on this one. It's going to probably cost us this uh, this run we have. But uh, I'm not advocating Kirk Cousins. I mean, I, I'd like him. It's going to cost us. Uh, I just I want to touch on your guys' point earlier about the the Jets and the Browns with the cap room and the high draft picks. And well, I just like to say, I mean, like they basically every year have cap space and high draft picks. So I don't really think that's something where I'm looking at if I'm Kirk Cousins saying, "Wow, look at all this cap space and." High draft picks. I mean, what's different now? I mean, to me, it's just the same old situation. And I mean, I just think Kirk Cousins wants to stick it to Washington and going to the Jets and going to the Browns. You, you don't. You're not going to have that opportunity right away, at least, to stick it to uh, the Redskins. Like I think Kirk Cousins really wants to stick it to them. And I think one of these teams, like the Broncos, the Vikings, or maybe even the Cardinals, will make the money close enough, and Cousins won't be able to say no to a championship run. Thanks, yeah, thank you. Andrew. I think if you make it clo- close enough, then he probably comes to, to a place like the Vikings. I, if if it is a thirty million dollar gap, I think he goes to the Jets or Browns. Jets probably. But if it's but if we're getting closer and closer, then yeah, 
Um, it would just be very, very difficult, I think, in this league where injury is certainly a possibility to pass up that much guaranteed money. Yeah. By the way, we literally have had like almost full phone lines for the last two segments. So uh, if you, if, in case you're wondering, but I'm tired of the talk. Yeah, but no, I'm very tired of the quarterback like, it's talk. T- it's tough. Six five one six four six eight two five five. Hey, Dick. Hey. You know, we have three quarterbacks to consider that are involved with the Vikings. We only have one healthy quarterback. I don't understand what the big debate is. Kyle Slaughter. Oh, wait, no, Case Keenum. Yeah. But they all can walk away, and and Keenum is going, unless you franchise him, could very well uh, demand a payday that, that you don't want to give him. So you don't have three. Well, you've, you've, got, you've, got, you've got three choices, possibly, to keep, but it's not, it's not like you're going to cut two and keep one. All three can potentially walk. Rob, you're on the show. Yeah, I just think that we got to get Cousins because we really don't know if Bridgewater is healthy. And when we thought he was healthy, he dropped back and blew his knee out. And we have a win-now window. And for once, let's go get someone that can help us win. Thank you, Bob. That's a, that is a huge concern. I mean, that's the one thing in all these conversations, and Bob's right, that you have to come back to. Do you fear that this not, was not a one-time thing? And that's a completely legit question. And if the doctors tell you it was a fluke and odds are it, it won't happen again, I think you definitely go get a good backup for him. But that is the one question here. Because if he drops back again in, let's say, October and his knee goes, you're going to feel really stupid. Yeah. Like, I that's don't, a tough I, question. Like, I think it's, it's going to take me several years to watch him drop back and not think, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. Anytime a defender gets near him, and he clearly felt that way too in the only game he played. Oh my god! Oh, oh my god! Oh my god! Yeah. Saw about he saw forty three defenders but it's a on the field. Legit question. It it's is completely legit. Yep. Um, all right. So let's uh, let's switch on to something else here. So the Twins. You just got back from Chicago. The Twins just made a trade over the weekend, and we talked about it quite a bit on Monday's show. Mm-hmm. Jake Odorizzi. We'll get your thoughts on the trade. Mm-hmm. Is it enough for the Twins? And where do they stack up when you're gone for like four or five days and uh, and you have a pile of things to react to? It's, it can be kind of fun. So we'll let Judd react to some of the things that have happened since he's been away. Mackie and Judd in the TCL broadcast studio. Two guys, Woo! one topic. Sports. Mackie and Judd are back. Numbers is crazy. On 1500 ESPN. Here's a t- <laughs> no way. Here's a tweet from Wyatt. <laughs> yeah. Gronk, we're feisty today. Gronk is the same height and weight as Miguel Sano. I don't hear too many people say Gronk's out of shape. (laughs) Dude, you didn't seriously just compare the physical condition of Rob Gronkowski to the physical condition of Miguel Sano, right? Come on. And I don't know. I mean, Gronk, my guess is you looked up Miguel Sano's weight and saw he's listed at 260. It's, oh, Gronk's listed at Gronk is a rock solid five oh. percent body fat oh, yeah. two sixty. I mean, I don't. He's sp- a freaking machine. I don't spend a lot of time <laughs> staring at guys mid drift, but when I've looked at when I've checked out Gronk's, it's pretty good. Yeah, I, I it's think pretty. It's pretty solid. I think you can wash laundry on that thing. Oh, uh, yeah. Really, really, we're why? Okay, so so here is my uh, on this Sano thing. Here is my simple question. Why are we so quick to defend him? Not not us, but like this whole because he and, hits home runs, and this goes people back to fall in love with home runs, and this goes back to this does actually not go back to Suhan's column. It goes back to Royce's original column in spring training. Is that now two years ago? 
or three years ago. When Royce, you basically, same thing as with Jim. He knows people with the twins, and they tell him, hey, we're concerned about this. And then I'm sure he says, well, can I quote you? And they say, we'd rather you didn't quote us, but you can certainly write it. Yeah. You know, we're not going to, we can't stop you from writing it. And so I remember going back to that column that Patrick got a ton of feedback as if he had, it was as if he had taken a Hall of Fame player and carved him up. And ever since then, it's like any mention of Miguel's weight or criticism of Miguel is perceived as this, how dare, you know, how dare you go after this guy? And to me, it's pretty simple. The Twins got a problem. I mean, there's a there's a real problem here. This is not a this is not a he had surgery and showed up out of shape and that's too bad. This is a continual thing of there, there's now enough evidence between potential off the field at least accusations and there's certainly been enough when it comes to his conditioning that leads you down the path of this guy simply doesn't get it. Yeah, the, I think you've hit on something with this protective shell around him, and I and it, it does feel like fans are much less hesitant. To be mad at Miguel Sano when people had no problem for 10 or 15 years, Joe Maurer would be working out in the offseason. And that photo in the Pioneer Press of him squatting an empty rack. And, like there was, it was a. And he got mocked. It was a bar, like a bench press bar. He was, he was squatting. With a and there was a conditioning It was like a 45 guy. pound bar. Yes. And there were no dumbbells or, yeah. on the. Uh, he was trying. Not dumbbells. There were no uh, plates on the end. It of was it. a flexibility exercise of some sort. And that I think. became an internet meme and, oh, Joe Maurer, yeah, maybe he's going to hit an extra two home runs this year, right? Joe Maurer got crapped on for for 10 to 15 years. And Miguel Sano has shown up. Miguel Sano has shown no interest in getting in tip top shape. He has not been able to stay on the field. He's missed a total of, I believe, what's the math on it? Like over 80, 100 games? I mean, he he hasn't played in any games. Miguel Sano, yeah. the last couple of years, has yeah, played exactly. in 116 and 114 games. So he's missed about 90 games the last two years mm-hmm. because of injuries. And I know he followed the ball Ham off his leg. I'm not saying yes. it's all his fault, but, you know, like, the, the injuries that Joe Maurer suffered. He had a concussion one time, and people ripped him because he's soft. Mm-hmm. Well, if, if Joe Maurer's soft, having grinded out behind the plate one of the most grueling positions you're going to find in baseball, if not the most grueling by a mile, and you ripped him for a decade, and Miguel Sano gets a free but, pass, that doesn't seem right. But do we do this because uh, we, we don't trust the columnists somehow and think that they're picking on people? Like, I don't get, I don't understand why we just don't say, oh, wow, there's a problem here. And, yeah. that, and now... It's weird because because the same people that came out and defended Sano are being very quiet again now. It's like, okay, so are you now just being quiet because you're waiting for him to come back and hit bombs again? Do you think that this is going to change? I mean, this is this is a pattern of behavior that if you're the Twins or you're a Twins fan, should really concern you because we're not talking about a nice player here. We're talking about a player that in that ultimately could make or break you as far as being a World mm-hmm. Series contender. And he don't care right now. Yeah, now the biggest difference is a couple people have pointed out, chiming into the show here, between, let's say, Wiggins and Sano. If we both think, God, there's so much more there. You know, what what could be if blank and blank, and if you took it a little bit more, if you were more passionate about being a grinder? And Well, the Twins haven't given out the big contract yet. The Timberwolves did. Absolutely. In yeah. a salary cap league. Yep. I mean, the Wolves committed to a, to a max five-year contract worth between 25 and $30 million a year, it's going to escalate throughout the years. They're locked in financially to Andrew Wiggins. The Twins still have time to figure that out because you get more time in baseball. You get several years of minor league team control. Yep. And then once the player breaks into the big leagues, you get you get to pay Miguel Sano $500,000 for a few years. And then eventually, he's a, he's a free agent. He's got about three or four more years of team control 
before you really have to think about breaking the bank. But that also means that he's the most valuable he's ever going to be now. Of course, if he didn't, this is the this is the whole. There's been reports that he that he's been offered in these Chris Archer talks. If he hadn't committed the alleged assault that's now being investigated by Major League Baseball, I think there's a much better chance. Well, I think the Rays would have taken the Rays would have been cheap for a while, right? I mean, and so is Max Kepler. Maybe they would have wanted Max Kepler either way. Yep. But but the fact that Miguel Sano is completely off the board in terms of a trade chip, and this might be the best time to trade him, that's unfortunate. The point is this too: if he continues down this path. Can you imagine what what this guy is going to do to himself once he really gets paid? I mean, he's making, by baseball standards right now, chump change. Yeah. And he is clearly enjoying life. What happens when a team, because there will be a team, what happens when somebody comes along and says, okay, Miguel, here is a life-altering check, and we're we're going to say a prayer and hope that you start to get Mm -hmm. it at this point. I mean, he's going to become, he's going to become, a uh, 400 pound DH who's going to be go- gone from the league within three years or yeah. two years. Well, who are the most? Let me let me throw this at you. Who are the most the, the two most prominent jolly position players that you can think of in the last like ten years? Like, and, and now Sano's not as jolly and fat as these so guys you're thinking, are, but you know, the guys who Sandy, like a Santa Claus type of player. Yeah, there's two that come to mind. There maybe there's more. All right, Miguel Cabrera comes immediately to mind to me. He's got some chunk to him. I go, he wasn't the one that came to mind. Now he's I, now he's been incredible, and he's been an MVP, yeah. and he's on a different level. I go back farther than that, and this might fall out of the scope of the last ten years, and go Mo Vaughn, who went I, from the Red Sox to the Angels and became really jolly. So I was thinking Prince Fielder and Pablo Sandoval. Okay, as, as the, and those sure. are like extreme examples. Yep. Prince Fielder is out of baseball. Mm-hmm. He was out of baseball at thirty-two. His last big season, well, he had a big season when he was 31. Um, but like when he was when he was 29 years old, that was pretty much the end. He just wasn't he was injured, he had the neck problems and and some people are going to say, well, a skinny guy could have neck problems or fall a ball off his leg. And of course, it's not there's not a 100% correlation. Sandoval there. though, you're going to have a you've got a pretty solid point on him. Pablo is 30 years old and basically done. Yeah. Prince Fielder, 29, 30 years old, basically done. You know, Miguel Cabrera had his worst season by far last year. Injuries and stuff, batted 249, mm-hmm. only hit 16 home runs in 130 games. He ain't that old. He's 34. And Pablo had just gotten paid by the Red Sox, correct? I mean, he he got the big payday from Boston and yeah. pretty much immediately fell off the table at that point. In fact, no pun intended. Pa- <laughs> Pablo Sandoval he didn't push away. is going to make close to the table at that point. Yeah, he's going to make eighteen million dollars this year. Yes, from the Red Sox. Yes, eighteen million dollars the next year. Yep, and then a five million dollar buyout in two thousand twenty. You are looking at a situation with Sano where where with the direction he's gone in, there is no way if you're the Twins, you can pay him, or you should pay him, because. We can argue all we want about no salary cap and, and the ability of teams to spend, but you're only going to make X amount, and it's going to be few, of massive investments. Buxton, I'm pretty sure, is going to be one. There is no way in good conscience that you can go to Miguel Sano after what he's shown you, which is basically, I don't care that much, and say, we're still going to pay you. Yeah, now I know like, Somebody might, but you can't. I saw someone reference Kirby Puckett in a tweet, and, and again, like, yeah, Kirby Puckett was... Definitely overweight, especially toward the end of his career. 
But Kirby Puckett made it work. Miguel Sano's not making it work. Kirby Puckett was on the field every single day. 161 games, 161, 157, 158, 159, 146 in 1990. Oof, that was rough. You missed a couple weeks. Uh, 152, 160, 156. And Kirby Puckett was a machine as a hitter, yeah, too. There's no, yes, there's no comparison there. And also played a premium position, yeah, by the way. He no, played center field for a long time, despite the fact that he was jolly and also had success in right field. Kirby Puckett was a six-time gold glove winner in the outfield. Hey, we, we came to find out after the fact that Kirby had his faults, but Kirby's fault was never his his dedication to the game. Yeah. If you can still perform at that level and be jolly and be a few pounds overweight, More power to awesome. You. If you can't, it's a pretty obvious solution. That was a great Jake Odorizzi segment that we just I'm had. I'm sorry, but that the, gr- the Gronk Sano comparison was fantastic. <laughs> Have you seen those, that man's abs? Gronk's abs are they're beautiful. They're very nice. No comparison. Maybe you should get a room. If Miguel lifts the, up his shirt, it's gonna pack. if Miguel lifts up that shirt, you ain't gonna see the same abs. <laughs> no. Dave, what kind of stuff do you have when we come back? Such good stuff. A few Olympic nuggets to get to, including Judd's Olympic hero and Rory McIlroy's Tiger Woods theory. From the TCL Broadcast Studios. Mackie and Judd now continue. Here we go, here we go. On 1500 ESPN. And stuff you should know about is sponsored by KFC. If you like sharing and eating fried chicken, then KFC's $10 chicken share is perfect for you. Grab a friend and get to what you like doing. KFC, it's finger licking good. And now, ladies and gentlemen, Please rise, men, remove your caps as we honor America and the Twin Cities sports scene with the playing of Stuff You Should Know About. All right, Dave, I'm back and you've got stuff. I miss stuff. What, four, four shows without stuff. Yeah. It's good to be back. No, no, this show still had stuff. You just weren't here. No, I know, but I missed it, so I missed stuff. So give me the, all the but stuff. You for said today. it was four shows without no four stuff, shows for me. The stuff was here. I, okay. All right, I stuff. got it. Thank you. Okay. Never mind. Sorry. Another fascinating, <laughs> wonderful intro from Judd. Zolia. Never mind. Never mind. I was trying to compliment you, and uh, you somehow turned it. I don't know what you turned it into. Actually, that was unheralded. He could have just said thank you and started the segment. I tried, but then you continued on, and you just. No, you know what? Let's move on. Anybody seen the? Uh... Shut up, Rick. Has anybody seen the new Gopher football hyper elite uniforms that were unveiled, boys? So people have been tweeting about these. I have not yet seen them. Uh, Star Tribune has them. I just saw them. From the press release, a unique pattern of an oar, boat, and compass are emblazoned on the jersey numbers and collar to represent the program's row-the-boat culture. An oar also makes up the center stripe on the helmet. And a compass with the player's number inside of it is displayed on the back uh, back of the helmet above the school's traditional Sky U Ma cheer. Well, that's a lot of that's a lot of fanfare for a team that's going to win four games. Hyper elite, baby. Let's all you go. need is new uniforms. I, you guys hey, know that. I'm it's still rolling need. the boat. I'm still long term. I'm invested in PJ Fleck, but. You know, I think they might want to keep it a little more low key with those uniforms. I'm all for like the you know the the videos and the recruiting, but when you're getting waxed 42 rip by Wisconsin or, or Ohio State, you know maybe some maybe just like a how about a, an all black uniform going to the funeral? Are you wanting to change the the tagline from row the boat to just treading water? <laughs> At some point, I just also stay afloat. <laughs> I'm not sure I'm a fan. 
My first look at these, I'm not sure that I actually Whoa. like them that much. Oh, let's go, Mr. Fashion, please. Well, what don't you like? Well, the bottom one here that Star Tribune has with the... Do you with, have them on the screen there? I don't. He, I just clicked off okay. of it. But Judd has. He can turn it around. Yeah, Star Tribune a, a sports um, Twitter account has them. The bottom one looks like, the jersey looks like a Redskins burgundy. It does. Uh, the middle one, I can't decide. Is that supposed to be gray, did you say? I, I think it's it, gray. It kind of has a greenish tint it, in the photo. It's weird. It sort of but... looks like a little, a little Packer-like to me. I don't know that yeah, I... Yeah, I think it's just I'm a bad... I'm not sure I'm a huge fan. It's bad color on the photo or something. Yeah, you know what, though? I think if you look at the blueprint for... Like, Oregon wasn't very good for a long time, and Baylor wasn't very good for a long time. <laughs> they tricked up their uniforms, uh, yeah. and they wound up going to... <gasps> big game. So all you right. have to trick up uniform, yeah. and then you win 12 games and playoffs. Can we talk about the AL East for a moment? Red Sox had to add him. He's the perfect add, and he's more of a DH type than an outfielder, and they have a designated hitter hmm. in the American League. And the he being, of course, J.D. Martinez joining the Red Sox. I think Jake Odorizzi's happy to be out of there just to get a little Jake Odorizzi segment in there for you guys. No, thank you. Uh, yeah, so that division was already impossible to pitch in, and then it added J.D. Martinez, Giancarlo Stanton, and a bunch of other guys, too, I'm sure. Um, so I'm just, I just want to make it, I applause to JD Martinez. You know, I know it's tough taking the discount only $110 million over five years, you know, much like Latrell Sprewell, you're going to have I, to find some other means, maybe a second job to feed your kids. I believe if I am not mistaken in the story that I read last night, uh, he also got the U Darvish quick opt out. So two years if, opt out. If yep. two years in, he is, uh, he is performing well. He can go to the Red Sox, break the contract, and then go back into the market when he stands to get another five-year deal that's for more than he got this time around. So, good for those guys. I'm glad they got taken care of. And, by the way, the Tampa Bay Rays, who are going to trade hey. Chris Archer at some point, and that team's going to be dormant for at least the next few years, if not longer again, and they'll have to face those lineups. And just quickly, note, note to the rest of these morons who are on the shelf and still have not signed, Sign to your contracts. Just do it now. Sign to your contracts. And if you perform well, guess what? You're going to enter the market again in two years. It's probably going to be much more stable or normal than it was this past winter. And you're going to get a big contract. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think so. Hosmer signed a contract. eight years, $144 million. And J.D. Martinez signed five years. And they're both, Martinez is a little older. I think he's, they're probably about the same age, but he's probably maybe a year or two older. Wouldn't you rather have the far better offensive player where you can DH him if you need to in the American League in J.D. Martinez. I'm, I'm thinking like yeah. were the Padres in on J.D. Martinez? Wouldn't you, wouldn't you rather have five years than eight years for a guy who's like 30 and the far better offensive player? You would think so. But again, it is the Padres. Hugh mentioned the Rays. Shocking stat of the day. And it's not shocking when you think about it just because you know we've followed sports. You know how the teams are. But the Tampa Bay Lightning, the hockey team in Tampa, Florida, the last five seasons on average has outdrawn per game than the Tampa Bay Rays baseball team. Wow. That's all you need to know. Really? Yes. Hmm. Each of the last five seasons. I read that today. And That's was amazing. Astounded, but I mean, obviously the Lightning are good. Rays suck and, and the they play in the trop. Trop's but- a dump. It's still amazing. The bleeping hockey team in Florida. That's yeah. a that's a good club, though. Oh, let's get to this. We missed it yesterday, but luckily Judd's back so he can push the needle. And now Phil Mackey does everything he can to ignore reality and defend a hero of his youth, despite knowing in his heart that hero is broken beyond repair. We'll get to Rory's theory in a moment. What happened over the weekend? He didn't even make the cut. 
Oh, the, uh, did you see the conditions? Just crosswinds That's and terrible. California's and, like tough. those galleries. Yeah. You had people coughing yeah. in his backswing on a regular basis. I mean, Bubba Watson went 12 under for the weekend. That's and... a long flight. I think he still is in Florida. I mean, think about that. You're probably flying over. How many states are you flying over just to get to Los Angeles? That's brutal travel. I I, th- I don't think you can put this one on Tiger. Rory McIlroy was asked Saturday about what it's like paying, playing with Tiger, Tiger mania, what Tiger has to deal with. He's got a theory. I swear, playing in front of all that, he gives up half a shot a day on the field. Like, it's two shots a tournament he has to give to the field because of all that that goes on around. So whether that calms down the more he plays and it doesn't become such a novelty that he's back out playing again, um... Because it, it's it's just it's tiring and it's yeah, I need a couple Advil just to get a headache after all that. Boy, what do you mean by that? Like somebody yelling in a backswing? Yeah, just the whole just the whole thing. You know, guys, you know, you've got a six foot putt. It doesn't break as much as you think. You know, just stuff like this that they don't have to say. You know. So, so that, how about that? So you're reading so a putt and guys in the background. We're like, making excuses now, huh? It's gotten to that. Johnny with the uh, with the double fisting the Heineken thinks that he's reading the putt for Tiger Woods. It's those damn fans that are costing Tiger now. CBS Sports. <laughs> CBS Sports oh. asked Tiger about those comments. Didn't exactly run away from it. Quote, it's cost me a lot of shots over the years. It's cost me a few tournaments here and there. It's been a lot because all it takes is one shot on a Thursday that you lose and uh, you lose the tournament by a shot on Sunday. What people don't realize, it's not just something that happens on Sunday afternoon. It's cumulative. It's par for the course. I've dealt with it for a very long time. He has made all of us who just scrape to break 90 once in a summer feel a little bit better. There was a whole... I think it was on day two on the Friday last week, and he took he was taking a lot of irons off the tees just to try and put a ball in the fairway and still off the tee. He's a disaster right now. But to recover from where he was and still shoot even par, you know, at times. But he had a two iron off the tee on a I think it was a par four, kind of a dog leg to the right, and he was looking to just fade one right in the middle of the fairway. Absolute pull shot, screamer right into the gallery, just like any of us would golfing. Como in St. Paul. Yeah, it's sad. Let's move on to Judd's new Olympic hero. Canada and Japan were having a little curling match a couple nights ago, and it was the uh, the women's going at it, the women's team. And the husband of Canadian curler Rachel Homan was obviously there supporting uh, his wife in the match, and TV cameras happened to catch a shot of the husband I saw this guy. goes by the name of Sean Germain. He's a former hockey player, like every Canadian. Of course he so is. So it doesn't really mean much. But he's uh he's double fisted beer, boys. He's got two beers, he's got one in each hand. Mm-hmm. And it's noted in a tweet that at that time in Korea it was nine AM. You think that man is ashamed? No, he's not ashamed. He saw all the Twitter uh Twitter chatter going on and he said, quote, you can judge all you want. The stress level is high. I'm not a drunk. I'm just Canadian. <laughs> I judge him to be my hero. That's the judgment that I make. This man is my hero. He's a saint. Oh, that's he? great. That's absolutely <gasps> great. Uh, what was your... Uh, no persecution for that guy. Give us your statistics. What are the analytics of Judd's trip to Chicago over the past few days here? Like um, how much time spent at Pippin? Oh, 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 oh. My team what is still going through that. was your peak performance in a day? That. My team is still going through that. The, the report's going to be lengthy. 
Did you reach let's double see. digits in a day Pippins, at any point? Uh, Pippins, I was there. Uh, let's see. Uh, Wednesday night, Thursday night, I think Friday. That, I think I was at Pippins every night, although not as the primary bar all the time. <laughs> double digits in a day would be tough. Might be well. See, Friday we went to Wrigleyville. And and I was in a cub shop buying lots of stuff. Yeah, there's one right very across cool. the street. It's very nice. And it was very cheap. Yeah. And and, and then I saw the n- number 11 U jerseys on, on the rack, and I thought, that's cool. I didn't buy one, of course. Went, went across the street to the Cubby Bear with the wife to have a couple beers, sat down, got out the Twitter machine, and started to look, and I saw the Twins had countered the U Darvish signing. Anibal Sanchez. So I drank at least three beers right then and there. Uh, if there was a chance for double digits, it would have been on Friday. The full report will be in tomorrow. So wait, you went to a town that's not your hometown. Agree, you've been to Chicago plenty of oh, times. Oh, yeah, I consider it a second home. There's, what, a thousand bars in Chicago? Oh, yeah, more than that. I mean, yeah. whatever the number yeah. is. There's a lot of great you spots in Chicago. You went to the same bar every single night. Oh, we went to Pippin's every, I think we went to Pippin's every single night. I mean, I try and see, I, I explain this to Dawn. I try <laughs> and Dawn stay. Did Dawn go with you all the time to Pippin's or did, were there times where she said, okay, no. No, I think she, I think she was a trooper. I think she, I think she went. <laughs> she was a, a trooper. trooper. Now here's Just the difference. Okay, but, her. but here, but here's the quick story. Here, here's the issue with traveling and people that like to explore. So that would be that would be so me, we yeah. went so we went to a, a, a breakfast place on Friday or on Thursday that was pretty good. The next day we went to one that was absolutely fantastic. On Saturday she wanted to try a third place and I'm like, why don't we go back to the second place? It was so good and we can just get different food. And she's like, no, let's try let's try th- this third place, which was quite a hike. So we made the hike and it wasn't that good. And I said, this is why when you find a place that works, you stay there. Because if you keep exploring, you're inevitably going to be disappointed. When you find a place that's good, you just go back there and get something different. And where I'm going to defend Judd here is Pippin's right next door has a great hot dog stand. You can't go wrong. Double whiskey, double beer, and hot dog dogs. Friday night. They'll put if, some bacon on top. In fact, the only problem that's, it's pretty legit. The only problem was I woke up on Saturday and I had accidentally spilled mustard on my wallet after the double char dog on Friday night. <laughs> I had gotten mustard, and I told Don, I said, the wallet's sort of ruined now. Is it now. a fabric wallet? Yes. Yeah. So it's got it's permanent tough. mustard stains. So it, it's either time to get a new wallet, Battles, or time, battle, battle wounds, or, or it's time to celebrate the the mustard that's on the current wallet. So I Dave, can't Dave you're going to New Orleans here in a few weeks. Are you planning yeah. on, on picking one establishment for a few days and just um, camping out or what? No, no, we are not. No, we are Probably going to hit a different establishment Get up Bourbon Street. meal. Bourbon Street, entirely <laughs> overrated. Jeb was in Philadelphia, which is one of the five largest cities in the country. Five or six. By the airport, though. And went to Ruby Tuesdays four straight days. Great salad bar. <laughs> were you at least staying Fantastic. near Pippins? Did you have to work to get to Pippins? Oh, no, no, no. Very, no, very close. Are you okay. kidding? That's just, a, that's a mandate checking. of the trip. I'm just a mandate it. of the trip is you're close to Pippins or I'm not well, going. Well, it sounded like the mandate was close to the Daryl Kyle Hotel. That's what it we were all very close together. The Westin, yeah. the Westin okay. is on, off of, I believe, uh, Michigan or that that area. Pippins is on Rush Street. They're all very close. No, it was it worked absolutely perfectly. Uh, wrap this up with a word from my Olympic hero, at least one of my many Olympic heroes this year, uh, Leslie Jones, SNL. As you know, uh, she's been chronicling the uh, games unlike any other, and she's actually been in South Korea watching the games live the last several days. Yesterday was watching the short track speed skating, and as part of that, they do the relay short track speed skating. Are oh, you familiar yeah. with this? Yeah. Where you've got the, the group of four skating around the actual course, and then their teammates on the inside, and when it's time to 
to uh, tag off. The First person skates in front, and then they get shoved in the backside, and then they uh, they got to go around a few times. Well, she found that thrilling. Look at that. They push him in the butt. That's the baton. So pushing the butt is the baton. So if you got a good butt, you got a good baton. You know what I'm saying? Watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this. It's so dope. It's so dope. Why, you see him push him on the butt? Do you see him push him on the butt? That's how they do their relay. I would have I would have a semi-good baton because my booty is not like badunk up dunk but it is a nice booty, so it would be patonable. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it is. It's, uh, that that is a very confusing event, and it's kind of a small little rink area. Very there's, tight. There's like eight bodies just skating around very quickly, and you don't know what lap they're on. And I missed it. <laughs> Darn it, I missed it. Oh, we're gonna get to an Olympic update sometime here shortly. Good. A lot of things happening. Uh, Lindsey Vaughn has been sending out social media posts that this is gonna be probably her last run tomorrow. Is it tomorrow our time or tomorrow their time? I have no idea. Oh, that's going to be it? But she's going to have All one right. more run here for a medal. In Cross a country. I want to get to that because that was a source of controversy last week on With the, the show. With the guns? Or? No, no, no. No guns. Cross country skiing, though. I was forced to watch it in a bar for a while, and I'm going to tell you right now, I've come to a conclusion about this sport. All right. Some people aren't going to like it, but that's too bad. All right. And some more travel tips from Judd here in the TCL broadcast. Should video. I get a new wallet? <laughs> Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. This is like a marriage. Mackey and Judd. Might be boring, but it's stable. On 1500 ESPN. The brand new 1500 ESPN app is here. Stream live shows, download podcasts, read the latest sportswear articles and more, and do it all in one place. You still need a reason to download it beyond those? How about this? We're spending the next month giving away a $50 Red Cow Red Rabbit gift card every single day and a 55-inch TCL Roku TV every week. But you have to have the app to enter. Download the new 1500 ESPN app in the Apple App Store and Google Play Store and do it now. Curling! Skeleton! The Nordic Combined. It's time to break down sports we see once every four years. It's Winter Olympic Talk with Mackie and Judd. Oh, so was this Friday or Saturday that I was in Ditka's, actually? Fine, fine establishment. And did everybody get, did, did, did like beards get shaved into mustaches and everyone gets a cigar when you walk in? Uh... Pretty much, yes. That's pretty close. So they had, at that establishment, they had cross-country skiing on. And we we broached the subject in a controversial fashion last week of cross-country skiing. And I think the three of us pretty much ripped it. And then we got some people agreeing. But then ultimately, a couple people came in and said, you guys are crazy. You don't know what you're talking about. If you don't know about this, you're morons, blah, blah, blah. So I watched quite a bit of this and came to this conclusion. It's worse than I thought. It's absolutely worse than I thought. Number one, it's boring as hell. I mean, and, they, and they're out there for like an hour and a half. Yeah. And some of these, like the re, I think the relay is the one that I was watching I for a while on Saturday. I don't want to watch any sport. My starting rules for sports is this: I don't want to watch sports where it looks difficult to me, where I become tired. Like if I'm watching a so basketball, a football, and hockey, no, no, out no, too? no, no, because they're because they're they're elite <laughs> at what they do. <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> But they're elite at what they do. So in basketball and hockey, they make it look simple. If I'm watching a good game, the athletes look like it's 
no struggle. Now, I know that not to be true, but I'm not getting tired as I watch it. This is all very bizarre logic. But Olympic continue. Olympic ski or, or cross-country skiing, you become exhausted watching it. It is beyond boring to watch because for the most part, they're, as Dave described last week, they're just basically trying to go on flat ground as fast as they can, and they are going very slow until they get to a hill, at which point they get down in the skiing position and, and go downhill, and that looks like it might be mildly amusing. But then you get back to having to move yourself. It looks exhausting. It looks no fun. And as a spectator, it's extremely boring to watch. Would it be faster just to run with your skis? Is that even legal? They try. That's what I didn't realize. They Is sort it just of like, hey, we're going to put these things on your feet, and then however you need to move, yes. you can move, right? So they do. You could do, you could do the karaoke thing. What's that thing called? That would that would be difficult. With it's a fired thing. Don't yeah. worry about it. Jeff. I know yeah, it's called karaoke, but you okay. that would be tough and ski. It so, would yeah. be. You'd probably trip over yourself. Yeah, yeah. I no no. Really I'm not quickly. doing any of it. This is a heart attack on a platter. <laughs> Judd looked at me like, "What is that?" I have <laughs> no idea. Singing karaoke. What Neil yeah. Diamond? Yeah, huh? exactly. Yeah. Wait. So let me Sweet back up. Caroline. Why am I not moving? So your rule of thumb for it was your, worse your than enjoyment level of sports is if you watch it and you would and you think become, you would get tired. I don't want to see. I don't want to so, see so hockey people, when guys are gassed at the no, end of but it overtime. But but they're so good at what they do. It but doesn't these cross country skiers are great at what they do too. Yeah, but the it looks hard Olympics. for them. But it looks hard. It looks difficult as they're going through. But as they're playing trying, left tackle doesn't look hard. Have you seen Matt ski, Khalil? It looks well. Yeah, he wasn't very good at what he does, so he doesn't qualify in my elite athlete scenario. So. To get to get this back on point, your 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 justification for watching sports is you want to watch guys that don't look like they're trying as hard as they probably are. I want to make I want to see athletes who look like they make their sport easy because they're so talented. And I've decided in cross country skiing, it's damn near impossible because it's so much work. These people. When look, did you come up with this? These theory? people, the dumbest theory I've ever heard. As I'm watching these poor people try and run on their skis, and then they're trying to push off. And I'm watching this entire thing thinking, one, it's really boring to watch. But two, they're making me exhausted. So sweat makes you uncomfortable? It's not sweat. It's the amount of exertion that I see going into this thing, and they're barely moving, too. Well, then you should love the wild. They're not exerting at all, but you rip them nonstop <laughs> up and down. They make, they I, make it look effortless yes. to coast through the second and third still, periods when they've taken am, a 3 nothing lead. I am very <laughs> upset. I am very upset that I missed two home defeats, by the way. I missed the Thursday night defeat to the Ducks, or I'm sorry, to the Capitals, and then the Saturday night defeat to, to the Ducks. I'm very upset. Didn't they get a, a moral victory point in that game against I the Ducks? I don't care. Yes, they did, and I still don't care. It was like an 11-round shootout. I don't mm-hmm. care. You lost the You came home on a five-game homestand, and you went two and three, okay? We will, uh, you know, the Judbot 3000 does have some have some opinions on, in the last week or so that we can run by. I'm glad I got replaced. Accurate. 